The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, editor-in-chief at arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. You hear the drums, and you know what that means. It's time once again for your favorite hour of the week, and that's Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm the editor-in-chief of arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney, sitting across from the linebacker, the analyst, wearing his earring in studio today, Sean Barber. The American Dream, Dusty Likens behind the glass. We're going to get in to some Chiefs Seahawks. We're going to get into some Chiefs Chargers takes. But before we do, Sean, as usual, tell me something good. Well, I know there's a thing called the Love Fund. And not only myself, but some of our Chiefs players are going to be helping out at a Walmart and Independence. We're going to be walking around shopping with some very deserving kids trying to make some Christmas wishes come true. When does this happen? That's happening tonight. Right when I get off air, I'm heading straight. I'm going to make a beeline straight for Independence Walmart. Um, Can people get involved there? I, I would say just donates, man. The do- donations to the Love Fund. It all ends up helping them out. They, they, they do di- different events all throughout the year. They do a Thanksgiving meal, the Christmas, shopping with the kids, and then something during the summer. So uh, just a way for us to continue to give back to the community, man. Tis the season. Tis the season to be jolly. So, he ain't lying. So, so from jolly news, I want to get into uh, a tweet I sent this morning stemming from uh, Craig Stout, one of our analysts at ArrowheadPride.com. His article uh, had to do with the Chiefs defense, which is a sore subject right now in Kansas City. And I tweeted out, in his second watch, my guy Craig, defensive analyst for us, counted at least 10 occurrences of Eric Berry having to shift alignments, adjust fronts, and scream at players to get into the right technique in his 30 snaps. It's week 15. What's happening? It's been a question uh, I put out on Twitter. I got a lot of responses, and a lot had to do with Bob Sutton and getting rid of Bob Sutton. He's the problem. And I started thinking a little bit. I said, okay, Bob Sutton doesn't deserve a free pass by any means. But I think there are a lot of people in Kansas City who may be getting free passes for some of the problems here. Golden tickets, if you will. You ever see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Dusty, help me out. Let me explain this to Sean. Look at me. (laughs) Hop and about. I haven't done this in 20 years. Grandpa! I never thought my life could be... See, of course, Charlie in the movie is one of five people in the world that gets the golden ticket. Oh, which gets you wonders. 
You get to go to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. It's the best. Changes his life around. I think there's people with the Chiefs that have golden tickets. I, I can't deny that. I mean, it, it is what it is. But sometimes a sign of a great coach is to know when there's a landmine or a grenade on the ground, you jump on it. Let's go through some golden tickets, Sean. The first golden ticket belongs to Sammy Watkins. Now, this guy comes in, sixth highest paid wide receiver in the league. Hasn't played in nearly five games. Andy Reid on the status. Sammy's continuing to make progress in the right direction. Don't can't tell you exactly uh, what his status is. Um, it's a day-to-day deal, so we'll see. People love this guy. Missed five games with a tender foot. The midday show, showing Vern, calls him tenderfoot. Watkins probably... His 2018 regular season is over. 40 receptions, 519 yards, three touchdowns. Dwayne Bowen, 2014, by the way. 60 receptions for 754 yards. Because I've got a golden ticket. Which brings me to another golden ticket. Brett Veach. Veach made the deal for Watkins, devoting that space to the salary cap. Leaving a secondary of Kendall Fuller, Steve Nelson, Orlando Skandrick. The Chiefs should be thankful Fuller won't miss any time because of who's behind those three. And speaking of Brett Veach, Breland speaks, the Chiefs' top pick, who Veach says would be available on all three downs, nine snaps against the Chargers. To pa- Passigno, to no Passigno, the previous year's second-round pick inactive, and I know what all you'll say. John Dorsey picked Tano Passigno. Well, if we're going to give Brett Veach credit and credit alone for Patrick Mahomes, he should be responsible for some of these other picks as well. And it leads me to the deadline. I understand the Chiefs wanted Earl Thomas. Couldn't get him because of the broken leg. But I feel like, okay, they lost by one point to the Chargers. If they have somebody else at the deadline, maybe they win that game. At the safety position whether Ron Parker would, would have a job anywhere else, whether Daniel Sorensen would have a job anywhere else, I don't know. Sorensen was probably not the answer back from IR, and Eric, Eric Murray's not having the best season. So for me, another golden ticket belongs to Brett Veach. Because I've got a golden oh ticket. Which leads me to the haterade I'm about to get on the text line. I'm sure I'm going to get tweeted about it. The last golden ticket who never gets any blame for the season in Kansas City is the guy who wasn't on the field for the first 13 games, and that was Eric Berry. And here are two statements that are true. Eric Berry is the highest-paid safety in the league. Eric Berry missed 29 straight games before Sunday, and I understand you can't control a ruptured Achilles, but here's a statement that's hardly up for debate. If Eric Berry plays the second half against the Los Angeles Chargers. Your Kansas City Chiefs would have the first round by and home field advantage wrapped up. Wrapped up! Barry asked after the game, hey, would you have played against the Baltimore Ravens? Um, Not really. I mean, I felt like uh, I probably could have came back last week, but it was still that... Um, hesitation, I guess, so I didn't feel it in my, in my spirit, so I just said I'll wait till this week. This guy has done inspirational things in the past. He, it's unbelievable. 
what has come through the news wires this year is it's a pain tolerance thing. This is the highest paid safety in the league. And he can go into work and say, it's not in my spirit. I'm not going to come to work today. What if you went to your nine to five job and said, you know what? I missed on Monday. You know why? It wasn't in my spirit to come back. And you had just gotten the biggest raise in your company's history. Eric Berry, a golden ticket. I asked Sandy Reid on Monday, is it, is it Eric Berry's call, whether he plays or not? We have full trust, again, communication. So uh, I think is huge in this. It's a guy that you know wants to play. And so if it's not right, you know, you, um, we're always going to go on that. So particularly with him, I mean, he's, you know, he's always been, you know, a guy that you can't get a hold back. So. Because I've got a golden ticket. Your three golden tickets in Chiefs Kingdom. Sammy Watkins, Brett Veach, and Eric Berry never hear any of, any of the blame. I Listen, I, I understand that Bob Sutton deserves a big piece of this. But there's a lot of blame here to go around, Sean. As you can tell, my, my, my mic has been on mute <laughs> for 10 minutes straight. Because I felt like my man, Petey Pablo, had to get something off his chest today. I just don't get it. And in your theme of the golden ticket, I got a meme of Willy Wonka saying, you get nothing. You lose. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I, I have a feeling that... If, if, you're, if, you, if you see a problem with this defense, my whole point here is that I understand Bob Sutton is the leader of this thing. But there's a lot of people you could point to. Anthony Hitchens is another big signing. It really hasn't necessarily panned out. That goes back on Veach. Like, how come no one is ever like, why did Brett Veach sign Sammy Watkins and Anthony Hitchens? They weren't great signings. Like I said, I get the, I get the Sutton hate. But this is a big pie. There are no uh, mystical, magical balls of telling the future. When... when Brett Veach signed those guys with the anticipation that those guys was going to be contributors in 2018 and make the team better. Now, those guys fought through injuries. They fighting through, you know, uh, Hitchens had some hamstring problems at the end of the preseason. So, so everybody has their, 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 their cross to bear, so to say. But at the end of the day, they're all part of the team. They right. have all contributed to the team being where they are right now, which is still the number one team in the AFC. Do you agree with my notion that if Barry plays in the second half, the Chiefs have the next three weeks off? Is, does that, do you want three weeks off? I, I, have, has there been yeah, a proven... That's not, that is not the root of the question. Well, I, I am I, saying, do they win that football game if he plays? You're asking for something that could be a detriment to your team. I don't know. Kids love... They already had the first 13 weeks my, off. My kids oh. love waffles with syrup and whipped cream no matter what time of the day it is. They Damn want it at all. Yeah. Lord. All times of the morning, day, and night, hot chocolate. But as an adult, I got to tell that kid, everything that you think is, is good ain't always great for you. Having weeks off at the end of the season, wrapping, wrapping up the first place and home, place, uh, home field advantage in week 16 or 15, not every team... Uh, uh, handles that situation the best way. Now, I know the teams that fight each and every week, 16, 17, and then take a week off and heal up that, that bye week, and then when it's time to go play, those teams, year in and year out, come ready to fight and play in the playoffs. But I'm not so sure about that other way. I'm, I'm not so sure that 
we really want our team to take three weeks, maybe five weeks off at the end of the season. Will a Sunday night football loss, and we'll get into a little bit more of that coming up, that'll change your mind. We are right there. The game got to be played. I don't, I don't, every game, is a, it could be a win. Every game could be a loss. I already got the Ravens uh, going up there and kicking the Chargers' butt. So, so I'm not. I'm not even sure. Really, you got a Ravens win down. I got a. I got three Starbucks. I knew you were going to come in. Listen, I knew I was going to be a little negative today. I know I could always count on you for some positivity and positivity. (laughs) (laughs) Man, listen, whatever happens in Seattle's happens. You want your team to go up there and look sharp, play good football. You, you've, we've already seen numerous times this year the team that plays the best doesn't always win the ball game. At the end of the game, if you can put together a good five, six minutes of crisp offense and score points and get a turnover, get something happening late in the game, you can, you can sneak out a win on a game that you really did, wasn't, wasn't the best team on that field. We've seen both sides of that coin. I don't think we were the better team when we played the Ravens, but we walked away with a win. And I don't think we were the worst team last week and we walked away with a loss versus the Chargers. And so I just, I just know that this team... Every week that I see them play in the NFL, they come and they play football. They don't have those big hiccups like we see come from the Saints, like we see come from uh, um, the Rams, like we see that, uh, sometimes happen to the, the Cowboys, where one week they look like NFC champions and the next week they look like the, the uh, bottom of the barrel. We don't see that from our Chiefs. Our Chiefs play consistently good football each and every week. And I think that consistency is going to go a long way. All I know is you and I got to find those two extra golden tickets. We got, Andy, <laughs> we got Andy Reid injury updates. We'll go through them uh, from Monday. That's next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. We are with you until 7 p.m. That's Think at Night coming on after us. It's all Chiefs talk up until then. About 6.50, we'll read your tweets. You can get us at Arrowhead Pride. Your, get your questions in. I got a tweet you could respond to up right now on Twitter.com slash Arrowhead Pride. American Dream, Dusty Likens behind the, dra- uh, behind the glass with Sean Barber. Sean, I want to go through some of these injury updates we got from Andy Reid on Monday. The Chiefs now in week 16 are at that part of the year where these things are going to happen. They're a beat-up football team, and they got a big game to win Sunday night against the Seattle Seahawks. And the first injury update uh, really averted a, uh, got us away from a scare, and that was with Kendall Fuller. It came out via Ian Rappaport that Fuller would be having surgery on his hand on Friday. Here was Andy Reid on Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller... Um, did have surgery on his hand. He's doing well. Uh, this is a short-term thing, so he, there's a good chance he he has an opportunity to play for in the game coming up here. What were planes in Seattle? Had a cast, I assume. Oh, something made up for it. You know, he kind of had that going in the last game, so you know he was able to function pretty good. In my opinion, this is the most underrated moment of the week. And I don't love Steve Nelson and Orlando Scandrick. I'm not here to trash them. But you're talking about depth. You're talking about a league where you got to have three cornerbacks on the field more often than you, than you did back when you were playing, Sean. You would have been down to Tremont Smith and Traverius Ward, who may be great one day, but that is not a situation in two must-win games now where you want to be down to that depth. 
young cornerback play. Um, when you have young corners, it's, it makes it even more of a detri- of a must that our front get off. I mean, we got to get off. We got to get off fast. We got to get uh, the quarterback off his spot early, um, make him go through his read progression, make him get rid of the ball a lot sooner than he, than he wants to. Um, when dealing with somebody like Wilson, man, you just got you got you got to really um, you got to be on your keys. You got to you got to you got to you got to make sure that we are in in good position, good leverage when it comes our our integrity at the back end um, because he has great vision, right? Russell has great vision; he can see all over the field. It almost feels like he when you watch his highlights that he has eyes in the back of his head. Like, he, like his his vision is is next level for sure. Oh yeah, I mean we we definitely got to be in our in our rush lanes. Um, you want to make sure that you know which way you're rushing him out because he's actually a better passer going one way than the other. Um, he throws on a run going in a certain direction a little bit better than the other. So you want to make sure that we, you know, we're de- definitely calculated and smart where we can bring the pressure, where we're rushing him to, and then the guys on that side of the field being aware to stay in your, stay in your zone, stay in your area, stay on your man, uh, plaster coverage um, until he crossed the line. If he has a few yards rushing, 40, 50 yards rushing, we, I, you know, you can just chalk that up to good coverage. Uh, but we got to get our back in some help by making sure we get pressure immediately on them. Chiefs can bring one player back from IR still. They brought back Daniel Sorensen earlier in the year. I've gotten a lot of questions regarding LDT. And here's what Andy Reid had to say about LDT. He suffered a broken, I think it was a broken tibia, if I'm not mistaken, a few weeks back. Yeah, he's not ready yet. Um, we'll just see as we go down the road here. Um, how he's doing. He's doing, you know, he's a little bit ahead of schedule. So we'll, we'll just see where that takes him from here till the end of the season or the playoffs. You know, we'll just have to see how he goes. But right now he's not ready to go. LDT obviously won't be in on Sunday. Andrew Wiley will be there. A couple other updates. Reed did mention Sammy Watkins, Spencer Ware, Cam Irving are all coming along. Of all these players, in your opinion, Sean, who's the most important player of even including LDT of the four? I would say Cam Irvin. Uh, Cam Irvin, he brings back, you know, that starting mentality, uh, that, that comfort level in the no, offense. You're not line. comfortable with Jeff Allen right now. Cam Irvin, we're going <laughs> we, we, we would like to see him back in the mix. Um, you know, Jeff Allen is a good swing guy. He can play multiple positions, but that, that you know, that camaraderie and that, that consistency in the offensive line, um, the communication, it's all, you know, it has to be kind of revamped every time they put a new, a, a, a new plug in there, a new person in there, a new cog, let's say. Um, and to get it, th- you know, get it going smooth again like it was, I think Cam coming back and being healthy uh, can allow that running game to, to benefit. The protection for Mahomes can benefit. So I, li- I like my offensive line being as healthy as possible and, being- and having some depth. I'm with you on LDT and Cam Irving. Spencer Ware is not as huge a concern as, to me as it was before really seeing what Damian Williams can do. This guy can play and maybe should have been playing more early in the season. It's just hard to get him on the field when the Chiefs still had Kareem Hunt. Yeah, with Kareem and Ware both being there, I mean, that's kind of what got West cut. And so you know they had a lot of talent, a lot of depth in that position. Um, And now without Kareem being here, it gives the Williams brothers, both of them, um, the Williams guys, not brothers, but the the two Williams, it gives them some chance to get out there and show everybody (laughs) what they can do. I wish Um, wish you and I had the same lesson. And that's a good thing. Oh, we do, don't it? Not really, but... oh. Sean, I want to get into one other thing uh, before we move on to Hot Take Tuesday, and that's, of course, the Chiefs. They're playing on Sunday night. Oh, Lord. Oh, Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. Now, here's how I feel about this game, and we, of course, have the Arrowhead Pride tailgate. 
uh, coming up this Sunday. We'll get into it a little bit deeper, but I look at this game and I just feel like, okay, the past few weeks, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just really haven't felt the same. I think dating back to that Friday, that faithful Friday when the TMZ video came out, uh, Kareem Hunt promptly released in a couple hours. They didn't feel like the same team against the Raiders. That was a little bit too close for comfort. Certainly almost lost to the Baltimore Ravens. And then you had the loss on Sunday where it was really the second half uh, debacle with Chiefs leading by 14 with five minutes left. This doesn't feel like the same team, at least to me. Do you feel similarly to that notion? I mean, I think every team feels like they've been uh, kind of, you know, evolving as the season goes on. I think the Chiefs is just another example of that. I mean, you face... You know, different players going down, uh, young guys rising up, people rising up um, in different positions because of injury and stuff like that. So, I mean, you got to be able to adjust um, your play calls and your, the way you're executing and the communication. So, uh, yeah, you're going to see a different team out there, but uh, it's still going to be a, a winning brand of ball. Someone on Monday mentioned to Andy Reid, you know, is what Russell Wilson and Seahawks do similar to Baltimore, who really almost beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, it's not quite as quarterback heavy influence in the running game. Although he, he's a good runner. I mean, he'll do the option game a bit, uh, RPO type thing, and where he's involved with a read, but not to the extent that, that Baltimore does. Um, still have to be aware of him, though, because he's, uh, he's nifty. And then uh, you have to, he's obviously a good thrower, too, so you got to be ready for that. My biggest fear in this game is Chris Carson's healthy, Russell Wilson's healthy. They mix it up. They keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. It's going to be tough to win, I think, especially on the road in that environment. Yeah, I mean, if you look back, to even when the Chargers played the Seahawks earlier in the season, uh, the Chargers beat them 25 to 17. I mean, the, the, the time of possession, the Seahawks dominated by 10 minutes. They, you know, they had it 35 minutes. The Chargers had it 25. You look at total plays. The Chargers had 50 total plays. The Seahawks, 75. Right. I mean, I, I pretty much think that's the kind of ball game the Seahawks try to play uh, when they're at home. Uh, to control the clock using that run game. They only averaged about four yards a carry, so it's not, that, that's not great. But they just stay with the run so they can keep dwelling away the clock, keep the ball out of the, uh, the other team's quarterback's hand. I know early in the season we got to a point where they said, okay, the Chiefs can score th- over 35 points. They should, probably should win the game. Is it now less than that? Well, it seems like all the, the offenses have kind of took a tick back, uh, narrow, you know, came back by the touchdown. Right. Um, so instead of 35, the Chiefs are kind of averaging, you know, like 28 or so over the last few weeks. But um, the difference in us being, you know, a 28-point game and a 35-point game is just, you know, is one big play, one big explosive play. And, and even over the last few weeks, and even during, in, in, the, in the games we lost, um, you can always go back to the film and see, see one or two plays we, we wish we could have had back or, you know, a missed catch or something like that where you know, instead of the Chiefs being at 28, they would have been at 35. And so I, I think that everybody's kind of happy in the building kind of – as the, the way the, the team has unfolded, where the season is right now. Um, again, it's hard to be in first place in the AFC or NFC. In the NFL, after 15, 16 weeks of football, all the attrition, everything that goes down with losing guys, you're healthy. You have, you have you know, a lot of number ones out there. You got you know, a lot of really high productive weapons. And you got a defense, you know, first or second in sacks and turnovers. I think you take that. Those ingredients, and I think more than likely ends up being a Super Bowl champion. We will go around the nation and see what the national analysts are saying about your Chiefs. It's Hot Take take Tuesday, and it's next.
Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm editor-in-chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, hanging out with Sean Barber. We take it up to seven till Bink at night. Bink loves him some football, Sean. My man Bink likes a little football, likes to talk it up late at night when you need that late night fix. You know, that dessert after you finish your dinner. You're thinking about the ice cream or the cookie, what you do late night. No, what's your go-to Christmas pie? Oh, pecan. I'm a sucker for pecan. A whipped cream. No, I don't need a whipped cream or nothing. Just, just put it in the oven, a hot, yeah, hot pecan pie. Ew. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A little haterade from Dusty. I always got some Dusty. It's Hot Take Tuesday. We go around the nation to see what the national analysts are saying about your Chiefs. And one thing Fox's Colin Cowherd does is rank the teams each week. And this week, after having the Chiefs at number one, he has the Chargers now in number one, the Chiefs number two. Listen, Kansas City lost to the Chargers. Chargers are real good. Uh, I, I do think their defense will be a problem. I do think their defense is a liability. But I have these final four teams all bunched up. I had Bears, four, Saints, three, Chiefs, two, and number one. I think it's the best roster in the NFL and a Hall of Fame quarterback playing the best he's ever played. They've scored 20-plus points in every game this year. Uh, they've won 10 of 11. They're healthy defensively. Um, as long as Keenan Allen can come back by the playoffs at wide receiver and Melvin Gordon is back, it's the deepest roster in the NFL. They, do, they have a hole in their game, too. They have no home field advantage, uh, although this weekend will be crazy against Baltimore. But we have been on this joy sometimes because I live in Los Angeles. People think I'm a homer for L.A. teams. Well, and you were in the Chargers draft room. I was. But I bailed on the Rams two months ago. Yes. And I embraced the Chargers two months ago. And all the executives in the league that I talked to, all the scouts, when I asked them, best roster in the league, last year they told me Philadelphia, this year they all say L.A. Chargers. They don't have holes in this roster. Their rookies, Derwin James at safety, is first or second best safety in the league right now. So there is the herd hierarchy. I look at what he just said there, and I'm not saying in Chargers Chiefs 3, if that happens, the Chiefs 100% lose. But when you look at their team, it does feel more complete than Kansas City right now. No? No, you you got Gordon with a hurt leg, right? You got a hurt. You got if a hurt he came back, if he came back. Oh, if ifs and buts were something right. nuts, can, we can, all have a merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, candy and nuts. We all have a merry Christmas. I can't believe you just said that to me. Uh, they got so they they're running back, you know, and they don't have the same depth. Ackler's good, but he's not. He doesn't have the depth we have. Um, their number one receiver has a hip pointer. Anybody out there who's ever had a hip pointer knows those are not easy to come back from. That, that's something that's going to lurk and be a, be a part of his game for the rest of the season into the playoffs. He ain't going to be able to come out of his breaks the same way. Any hit, any hit that comes near that hit pointer might put him out for the race. Like, that's so, Phil's guy, too. Oh, he's, he's going to be a question mark game-time decision every game during the postseason. And even if he does, ain't a game-time decision, one hit, he's only one little – I mean, somebody could slap him in his hip and might – bring them to tears like those things are so painful to try to play with let's stay with fox and go to skip bayless who thinks that philip rivers is the mvp 
Who's played the best football over the last crucial month of the NFL season? It's Philip Rivers. I mean, okay. seriously, yeah. you that, have to give that to him. That's why Am I, I right? That's why I have him at number two. Well, you have Mahomes at number one just because you've had him all year. Skip, what am I supposed to do with 45 touchdowns and 4,500 yards? What, what am I supposed, supposed to do with those that? five turnovers in that game and two and two in the last four in the crucial so, month? Even with five turnovers. And it should have been one and three because I don't know how he pulled that one. I do. Yeah. I do. Lamar had him you know what? dead to right. No, he didn't have, he he didn't have him nothing. Yeah. Oh, my homeboy said, I got something for y'all. They should have put Lamar in at safety because he would have <sighs> just picked that pass off. Well, you know what? Prayer. That other voice you hear is Shannon Sharp, who I'm sure, Mr. Barber, you agree with. Of course, man. Me and Shannon, could we come from the same cloth, man? Like, play a game, recognize game. All right? You, what you saw early in the season with Pat Mahomes was MVP worthy. And he ain't did nothing to step down from that mantle. He's been playing MVP level football since week one and has consistently pushed the envelope from a touchdown, from a yardage, from a leadership. Uh, comebacks against Denver, whatever he needs done to get this team to be the number one team in the AFC, he's done. And they're going to compare him to uh, uh, Rivers. Don't even talk about his yardage or his touchdowns. That, that, that's not even a question when you compare it to Mahomes. Or when you talk about Breeze, neither one of those guys are even close to this man statistically. And the only thing they are holding against him is that, they, that he's younger. His youth, which is a benefit, is something that is going to be a negative against him uh, when it comes to voting for the MVP. That's something that does bother me about this whole race. If there's anything that in discussion that bothers me, it's that, well, Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees may another, not get another shot at this. Well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That should not be in your mind at all when you're trying to decide who's the MVP and you look at their numbers. Exactly. I think, I think Phillip Rivers is 31 touchdowns. Drew Brees is 31 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes has 45. I think you say QB... Of the Chiefs, you, you state the statistics. Then you say QB of the Chargers. Don't put no name behind them. State the statistics. And then you say QB of the Saints. State the statistics. It's obvious uh, if, if you took away the names, Pat Mahomes' uh, uh, 99 out of 100 votes would be for number one, the number one vote as far as the MVP. Not even close. Our final hot take of Hot Take Tuesday we go to Deion Sanders on NFL Network. He don't like the Seahawks. They're going to have trouble next week with the Chiefs. They're probably going to get the brakes beat off of them. Then the Cardinals, that'll be a U-Haul game. The Cardinals will be having, they have, what, 53 U-Hauls <laughs> in the parking lot. They'll be ready to go. Yep. So they'll win that one. I'm not crazy about the Seahawks. Just, I just, I, I just. The Vikings not making I'm it. I'm not back. crazy about, I'm not saying that because of the Vikings going to make it. The Vikings don't make it. But I'm not saying that because <laughs> I'm just not crazy. I love Russ. But I'm not crazy about the Seattle team. I think the Chiefs will ultimately win this game on Sunday night right now, Tuesday at 638. That's kind of what I'm feeling headed into this game. Dion, he sounded sure. Are you that confident headed into Seattle after these weird few weeks after the hunt situation? The Chiefs can go in and, as he was saying, stomp the Seahawks? Man, there is no guarantees. All you can do is go with what you feel in your heart and your gut. My heart and my gut has told me week in and week out the Chiefs are a better team than the opponents they're playing against. It ain't always ended up being right. It ain't always ended up being a victory. But the ball I see and the game I see on the field, I see a team that is an epic team, one of the best offenses in the history of football out there playing. I see a defense that can get out of any time you drop back. You got three guys. Or you got actually, all four guys now. You got Bailey, Hunt. I mean, uh, you got Bailey, 
You got Houston. You got D. Ford. Even Chris Jones. And Chris Jones all coming after your guy and getting him off his spot. The only thing you can do is, you know, run the ball, take four or five yards in a cloud of dust, hope you keep our offense off the field. That's not a, that's not a recipe for winning football in the NFL. The way the league has set officials are supposed to officiate it. Oh, wow. Here, way he, that, here he goes. Yeah, the way the officials are supposed to officiate it is that every team is equal. But some teams, it seems like our defense get called for five, maybe six times the amount of uh, pass interferences as, as, as other teams like the Patriots. We don't want to get those numbers out because I think it's, like, embarrassing. Um, it's like, it's like, like, like they don't touch nobody over there, but <laughs> they don't get called for nothing. I, 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 Chiefs last, are the number one penalized team in the entire league. Oh, I bet every, I bet every referee crew that bias, before huh? the game, they read that, that breakdown and say, oh, these guys are the number one. We just going to. cheaters. Oh, we got to call them. We got to throw it. If we don't throw like 20 flags this game, uh, we got it wrong. No. Just because just, what the history is the history. Call every game the same. You ain't lying. No, I ain't lying. Interesting analysis, some early analysis on Seahawks Chiefs. They could be down to their third right guard. That'll be something to watch this week. Speaking of Chris Jones. Chris Jones looked me in the eye at training camp, and I thought he was just being his goofy self when he said his goal is to lead the NFL in sacks. He just said it straight face without even thinking. And here we are, two weeks to go, and it is a possibility. It truly is. I, I think if you asked him, Houston, or Ford the same question, you'd have got the same answer from all three of those guys. And the only reason... Well, they go, they go back and forth on the team. And the only reason the Hawks... Alan Bailey, the only reason Bailey don't give you that is because he knows he's getting double and triple team in the, in the trenches too much to, to, uh, to lead the league. But those guys are all premier pass rushers. They're doing, their, they're doing, they're doing what the Chiefs are asking. Not what the uh, social media or the uh, spectators or the analysts or the meet. None of those guys that are expecting them to give up uh, less yardage per game than some other teams or ended up, they want them in the, be a top 10 uh, ranking defense and overall de- nobody's at in their room they're doing what they're being asked to do get after the quarterback create turnovers and they're doing that at a very high tick right now at a very high rate success rate so and they're going to sleep good tonight they're going to be they're going to sleep good all week and they're going to go up to seattle it might be raining and it always does in seattle and they're going to they're going to they're gonna give the seahawks some nightmares Have, they got coffee up there seattle's best coffee seattle i'm gonna try me a cup you're going yeah i'm gonna bring back a little bit perfect Seattle's best. From Hot Take Tuesday, we go to Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson checking in with Kent. Ken, you had a couple days uh, to swallow this loss. Probably tastes disgusting. What was your analysis on watching Patrick Mahomes? You know, I mean, he still had a, he had plenty of bright moments. There was a really rough stretch uh, in the second half that we're going to write about on Thursday. How's that for, for a teaser, Peter? But, um, you know, I still think there was there's plenty of good stuff. I think he did you know, uh, plenty of things to help his team win. They just they needed him to do a little bit more, and and they they didn't get it out of him. So they're they're adding another L to the column. I call Kent my Patrick Mahomes insider. I don't think there's a person outside the Chiefs organization in the city who watches more Mahomes film uh, than you, Kent. When you look at this team and you watch this offense now, the past three weeks, I was talking to Sean a little bit earlier. Does it feel like there's been a little bit of a lull that's visible since? Kareem Hunt, and I'm not just talking about on the field. I'm talking energy, scheme, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're a little bit of a rut. I don't know if it's as much attributed to, um, 
to the running back position. I think they've done pretty jo- pretty good job of getting some productivity out of the running back position. Maybe you know eighty five percent of what Kareem was providing, but. Um, I think you look at, you know, Sammy Watkins not being on the field. You look at Tyree Kill specifically last week, you know, working through some pain and trying to play through that and then struggling to really push the ball down the field. I think that's where we're really seeing the biggest impact is, you know, um, there's there's not as many options on the field for for uh, Mahomes to, to target that are getting open. I think that's partially why Calvin Benjamin's here. You can throw a back shoulder throw to him. I wrote about that today, you know. He doesn't have to separate at a high level. You can still try to, you know, throw that big body of ball and give him an opportunity. So um, I think the Chiefs are trying to piece some things together with, with what they have on the field right now, and uh, hopefully they get everybody healthy for the big games here uh, in January. You, of course, can check out Ken's stuff at OurHeadPride.com. You mentioned it. I wanted to get into some of that. Point of emphasis today with Mahomes was, okay, he's starting to mix in a few more of these back shoulder throws, which is not an easy thing to do. Adding that to his repertoire, what does that do for him moving forward now into the postseason? I just think it's another element that they can kind of lean on if they need it. Kind of, uh, you know, like I think they converted a first down to uh, Kelvin Benjamin on a, on a back shoulder in the red zone. You've got a big body like that. You're trying to trying to work to him. Um, that's just another element for, for teams to worry about. It can be, you know, if, if, team, if the Chiefs play a, small, uh, a team with smaller corners, that could be something they could expose. Um, he actually threw into Travis Kelsey, too. It was really nice down the field. It was probably 25 yards down the field on the back shoulder. Um, and he, he threw it perfectly. Kelsey just dropped it. But, you know, the capability to do that just adds another element, makes, you know, makes this defense, this offense just a little bit more difficult to, to defend. And, um, you know, if they can't get guys that are getting open, this might be another, you know, route to kind of use, you know, use some big bodies. Can you believe me and you, Ken, are talking here on December 18th? Christmas Eve, 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 and Kelvin Benjamin may be the difference between a Chiefs championship and not. <laughs> no, I can't. Not even a little bit. And you know, it's it's kind of sad. Um, but I mean, I I do. I am a little bit encouraged by what I saw. Just that one play. You know, I I think that there is a role for for Kelvin Benjamin. And you know, if, if Tyree kills healthy and Travis Kelsey's healthy. Sammy Watkins is healthy. This this group has more than enough firepower to go out there and do everything that they've been doing, even without Kareem Hunt. But um, you know they got to get right. Big challenge this week because you know I think the Seahawks are going to try to play ball control, so their margin for error as far as number of possessions probably isn't going to be very high. So um, you know they got to they got to do the most with the opportunities they get. That is the voice of Arrowhead Pride lead film and draft analyst Ken Swanson. Ken, thanks for joining us, man. Hi, buddy. Kent is the leader of the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad. Do a lot of analysis for us at ArrowheadPride.com. Also a member of the Nerd Squad, Matt Lane, wrote up a really good review of Eric Berry on the site right now. He'll be on at 7.30 tonight with Jay Binkley, Bink at Night. Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, 8 p.m. on Wednesday. And then you can hear from Kent wrap up the week at 6.30 p.m. with Bink on Thursday. In-depth X's and O's talk right here Bank at Night, 610 Sports Radio. When we come back, we'll close this show down by reading some of your tweets. Get at us, twitter.com slash Arrowhead Pride. That's next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. We are back. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber. We are closing out the show. Too short, never enough time. Last 10 minutes. It always flies by with you. No matter what we're doing, we go out to lunch, 
flies by. Do a podcast flies by. Post game, pregame. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, man, I'm fun. Fun Bob. I'm the fun uncle. I'm a funkle. I got a shirt that says that. Funkle Sean. Bar. How many nieces and nephews do you have? Oh, three. That was a good answer. You bring everyone treats? Nah, man. Got to get them some good Christmas gifts this Christmas. As we do every week, we are going to close down shop by reading some of your tweets. Send them into twitter.com slash arrowheadpride. You can follow us, of course. Just go to arrowheadpride.com for all your Chiefs news, analysis, and updates. And we'll start with Chiefs at War. Why can't we see Eric Berry and Jordan Lucas paired up? Oh, man. Uh, you know, you're on your, 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 your playing time on the practice field. I can't, for the, for the life of me, know why the Lucas, locomotive Lucas, cannot get on the field more often. The one time I saw him on the field, he looked, he looked electric, looked like a guy I would like to play with. We all know EB is a, is a playmaker, so uh, maybe they're saving that for the postseason. Maybe they're saving that for, uh, you know, just to, to whip it out surprising on the opponents, but uh, we know both of those guys are playmakers. Defensive backs coach Al Harris noted that never seen energy like Jordan Lucas brings to the table. G- guy just goes and goes and goes like the Energizer Bunny. I don't know. Those those are probably my words, not his. Matthew Crisp teams with a second-year quarterback and a first-year head coach from KC off the retreat have won their division the past two years. Anyway, the Browns will try to make a Super Bowl run next year by taking Bob Sutton off our hands. Hashtag we wish. The Sutton hate continues. Again, Bob Sutton has not missed a tackle. He has not missed a line. He has not <laughs> missed surprised. an interception. You would be uh, surprised. He hasn't did any of those things. All he does is call the defense and expect the 11 guys out there to go out there and execute. Steve McDowell, does Eric Berry's on-field leadership say more about him or Bob Sutton? Both. I think, uh, you know, Bob Sutton instills a lot of leadership abilities for, for EB to go out there and, you know, kind of take over and do his thing. So You are bringing the Bobsativity on a day this city needs it. I, I don't know why. I, 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 again, I don't know what Bob has done to deserve all the, the, the hate being sprinkled upon him. All he does is call plays. That's all he does. All he does is call plays. He ain't missed no tackles. He ain't missed the line. He didn't do none of that. So uh, I, I like this. You know, I, I was there for all training camp. I thought the scheme was excellent. Um, I thought I thought the defensive, uh, you know, the plays and the way they, they, they run the defense is, 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 is uh, championship caliber. So, you know, I would love to play in that defense. Max wants to know, how does Chris Jones match up against the Seattle O-line, another big game? I mentioned before the break, they could be missing... Uh, they, they could be down to their third right guard. So that to me, I mean, with the way he's been going, yeah. you think two sacks. I, man, listen, I think the D-line, our D-line is going to be eaten. I think, it, it, you know, even if they don't drop back, but, you know, 20, 30, 30 times a game, every time he drops back, it's going to be an opportunity for us to get there and get home. Um, just make sure when we get there, it counts. Um, hopefully we're thinking sack, strip, fumble, defensive touchdowns. I, I like that kind of mentality. Not just Not just a sack. We want the... We want the trifecta. Timmy Hinton wants to know, is there a timetable on when Watkins will return? This offense struggles without him on the field. I believe he's missed more than Hunt, and it's not close. A lot of people feel that way. A lot of people who really dive into the tape feel there's things Watkins can do that other players simply cannot. Last you heard was that Watkins is week to week. He had that setback. Right now, I don't know when he will be back in the mix. I think the Chiefs right now are resting him seems like into the playoffs. I, I would I would guess you see him the first week of the playoffs. Hey, man, I want Honey Thunder to get there and continue to do what he do. 
Um, D-Rob, especially in that red zone, man, him and Mahomes got a little sixth sense, you know. He just keeps running and getting open, and, uh, and, and Mahomes uh, feed him the ball. So I like, I like that, I like that uh, combination, really. Dan Heiserman wants to know if Mahomes is diehard in a Christmas m- movie list, what movie is Ron Parker? What Christmas movie is Ron Parker? What? What? The Santa Claus 3. Man, I don't watch Home no Alone Christmas. 3, I was going I to say. I don't watch no Christmas movies. Home Alone 3 is a little under, underrated. Oh, come on. Alex D. Lynn, Scarlett Johansson. You stop. Jacob wants to know, will we see Barry play a full game in Seattle? No. We don't, I don't want to see Barry play a full game in Seattle. I don't want to see Barry play a full game uh, in, in the first round, no wild card game, not until we're back here at Arrowhead in the playoffs with our playoff life on the line, EB playing the whole game. Until then, it's just warming up. Last question of the week from Brian. Got to pick one to come back, Philip Gaines or Marcus Peters. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> I don't, neither. Neither. I'll take neither. Neither. Either, either. I mean, if I had to be forced, if my hand was forced on the NFL transaction wire, you got to go Peters at this point. You have to. You can, under no circumstances, take Philip Gates back. You can't. I think we can work with him. That'll do it. That'll do it. Just want to thank Sean Barber, Behind the Glass, The American Dream, Dusty Likens, Charlie the Chocolate Factory, Kent Swanson. Catch all his stuff at arrowheadpride.com. Coming up, we got Bink at Night, Jay Binkley. All sorts of X's and O's talk. Next time, we'll talk to you as the Arrowhead Pride tailgate is driven by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac. 5.20 p.m. Sunday. Pete Sweeney signing off. See you then. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. So listen to podcasts, check it out.